What are your favorite things about your van? The steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) The steering wheel. And the front fender. So nothing we did to it. (laughs) Hear me out. You're listening to Switchback, an outdoor community podcast, building up the outdoor community and breaking down barriers of access through storytelling, expert interviews, and honest conversations about the outdoors. I'm your host, Kelsey Keitel, an outdoor-based mental health counselor associate based in Indianapolis, Indiana. This week, you'll get to hear from my new friends, Jean and Shay. As a queer couple living out of their 1984 Dodge camper van, Jean and Shay provide a unique perspective of the all-American van life road trip, complete with their two cats, Bean and Sprout. You may have already met this sweet couple through their popular social media drum covers or their YouTube channel, Steering Queer. But if you haven't fallen in love with them yet, just buckle up. In this episode, we chat about finding community on the road and through social media, how to make money with a nomadic lifestyle, navigating relationships and stress when living in close quarters, prioritizing projects that you can do really well versus doing too many things haphazardly, and some of the real surprises and challenges of traveling the country in a van home. There's a lot packed in here, so let's get started. Here's my conversation with Jean and Shay. Hi, Jean and Shay. Hello. Hi, good to see you. Meet you finally. (laughs) Yeah, that's always one of my favorite things is finally getting to see people like face to face rather than um yeah on the phone it's just fun yeah yeah just on instagram or different social media yeah Yeah. i definitely agree you're real you're two real people right (laughs) (laughs) i would love for you to share a little bit about like how you two met and what you're kind of doing with your life right now we live in a 1984 dodge camper van that we found off facebook marketplace we met on Tinder. <laughs> we matched on Tinder and then we like messaged back and forth on Instagram and then Shay asked me out. <laughs> I had to go for it, you know. I was like, you know what, this is enough. I'm trying I'm done trying to be cool. I'm just gonna ask them. <laughs> I was being shy. Um so we dated for a, only a little bit pre um COVID and everything in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And then the world kind of shut down and I lost my job. And that's when we started talking about trying to kind of switch up our lifestyles. And that's when we brought up the idea of living in a van. And little background, we have now lived in our van for seven months full time. Mm-hmm. We just got back from the West Coast, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's just a little bit of a, I guess, a really brief summary about who we are. Oh, I love that you met on Tinder. Yeah. I know. 
online dating does work. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's how people do it. I met my partner on Hinge. So I feel like it's a really popular way. We get asked all the time, um, like, how did you guys meet? It was like a really cool story. And we're like, it was just like a dating app. And then, but I put up a poll on our Instagram the other day and I was like, have you met your significant other through online dating? And like 70% was yes. So it's the norm these days. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a soft meeting. It kind of makes people less anxious. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, and so how long were you together before you moved into the van together? So we were together for like, officially together for a month. (laughs) One month. And then we talked about living in the van together. um, And we were both down immediately. Um, And we started building it out in September. We built it out for six months and then moved in April. Mm Mm-hmm. When I brought up the idea of the van, Jean was out of town. I was actually sitting in this room, and I just brought it up, and we found a really great deal two weeks, about two weeks after that phone call, and drove for, to a Virginia from Pennsylvania yeah. the next day after we found it. Yeah. So it was all really fast-paced, mm-hmm. but looking back at how the van market blew up, Right after COVID and everything, I'm really happy because I truly don't know if we would have been able to afford to get the van that we got got if we waited any longer than we did. Totally. Did you have to sell a lot of stuff? You did. Yeah, I definitely did. I lived in my apartment in Philadelphia, which was a one-bedroom, but Jean stayed with me, like, all the time, but my... my, my lease ran out in March, so we were able to luckily move right into the van then, but I had a full one-bedroom apartment of just all of my stuff, so I sold a lot of that. I sold my personal car, and all of that stuff went towards the build and the van itself, mm-hmm. and yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, I didn't have much stuff, and the stuff that I did have, I just kept at my mom's, so she was. I was lucky enough for her to let me do that. I didn't really have much to sell that was worth anything, you know. But you've been able to keep a drum kit with you. I know. So my actual drum kit is way too big. But um, I was on Pearl. They're a drum brand. I was on their website, and they actually have a travel kit that's a lot smaller. So I saved up and bought that, and it's been amazing. Because I was worried about that. I was worried about being able to drum on the road. Yeah. Um, but luckily I found something that worked and it breaks down so small. Yes. It goes completely like under our couch and bed and yeah. set up. And that's just been really cool navigating, like figuring out how to be a musician and how to create content surrounding like drum covers and just all that kind of stuff while on the road full time. Mm-hmm. That's been something we've really enjoyed doing. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, I was wondering what it's like um, navigating like hobbies and things that maybe you were able to do easier, like at home versus on the road. Drumming at home is still a little easier just because when you're on the road, you have to be mindful of noise because you're outside. Like I can't set it up inside, so it has to be outside. So I have to make sure that we're like not close to anyone or going to bother anyone but it's still do- doable. So yeah. You have to be really intentional 
with your hobbies and when you want to do them a lot more than I would say in a like, traditional sense of living. Yeah. Um, even if your hobbies are online, like a lot of mine is photography, videography, anything like that. If I, I can do that all day long, but if I want to share it with the world, I have to be intentional about where we're parked and where we're driving to even have service or to be able to use editing software, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's kind of the same with a lot of different people who like artists on the road or other musicians. You just, you really have to try a little bit harder. Like, what is worth the storage? What am I willing to go out of my way to go find a good spot to do this? But if you really enjoy it, you, you'll you see that you find the time yeah. or the space or anything like that. I make it work. Yeah. That makes sense. One thing, kind of going off of that, I wanted to ask you um, was maybe some of the things that you've learned about doing van life that were different than what you expected. I think everything, honestly, <laughs> has been different. At least speaking from my perspective, I had, I think for the past four or five years, kind of followed a lot of these really large names. And I saw this lifestyle of living in a van or anything along those lines. And I was like, it's going to be like just so perfect every day. And it's going to be so easy. And it's just a little tiny home. And within our first, maybe our second week, reality kind of hit us because the first week we were like wow we actually did it like all of that time but right. then you start really adjusting to it being your whole life and it's not easy yeah. and you appreciate it so much then but you have to be on top of things every single day yeah. of your life there's no lazy Sundays without kind of facing the consequences on that of that on a Monday because your dishes aren't done, you ran out of water, you have no power, you don't know where you're parked, you can't really sit still, so you have to constantly be troubleshooting. And that's kind of what I think you don't realize when you see it portrayed online sometimes. Although I will say Divine on the Road does keep it real. Yeah. She absolutely is like not going to sugarcoat yeah. <laughs> anything, which like I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always a list of something you have to do that day. So. And not every camp spot, like I kind of didn't realize all the rules for camping, like just parking and sleeping overnight. You can't park in the middle of Yellowstone National Park and open up your back doors because it seems to be portrayed like that a lot online where people will use like day passes to get these pictures and it's not legal to camp there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important. It's a very strange thing that people do. I've seen kind of a PSA going around about that actually recently. And it's like, be more upfront and open about where you can actually sleep and make sure people know or else. Because we went on the road and I was like, wow, what? You can't sleep in like all these places for free? No. <laughs> you have to make reservations like a year, a year and a half in advance. If you can. Yeah. If you can, you can camp. Yeah. That's so true, though. Like, what you're saying about how there's always stuff to do. I mean, this is not quite the same experience, but two summers ago, I lived out of, like, the back of my car for a summer, um, just traveling out west, and the dishes was a big burden to me. I mean, I, <laughs> I wasn't using a lot of dishes, but it was just one of those things where in, like, regular life at home for me, like... I will definitely leave some dishes in the sink for a couple of days. Uh, I just 
I procrastinate that so bad. But yeah, like when you're living in your a vehicle, basically, like that's your home, you really can't like, you can't let those things sit around. No, no, because it'll just get in your way. Like the van, we'll clean the van and then like 15 minutes later, it's a total mess. You have to do another chore. You have to upkeep it. And same thing with trash. You realize how much trash you accumulate as a person or as a couple in a small space and when you have to go find a place to get rid of it it's not just going out to the end of your driveway or anything like that so that was another thing that we were like wow we really dispose of too many things like we're going through too many things in the world (laughs) too fast and it can be really challenging sometimes to find a trash can Mm -hmm. so your van is in storage currently Yes. How many days now have you been living in a in a home again? So what day is it? Yeah, it's five days. Five days. And it's crazy already just being, we almost were at seven months, just a little bit shy. And then we had to come back for a wedding and that was on the East Coast. And we had just had some van issues over on the West Coast. And we were like, we're going to just stay home for the holidays and keep it in storage. We're not going to drive our old man all the way across the country just to drive it all the way back yeah. for the end of the winter. So yeah, five days without our home for the first time yeah. in a while. Yeah. Definitely miss it. Oh, it's nice to get a break, but yeah. I miss it. Yeah. yeah a lot. <laughs> what else have you been learning? Um, I I learned a lot about plumbing, like troubleshooting that troubleshooting, like electric work. Uh, and then also like fixing, like I just replaced our alternator. So I learned how to do that. Um, just things you didn't think you would ever have to really learn about or like focus on you. You know, I've been really, I'm very surprised at how we've kind of taken on different roles in the van. Mm -hmm. I get very stressed and kind of a little bit more like worked up and like things at the end of the world if anything happens to the van because when you're when your house is a vehicle and your vehicle breaks down you don't have a house and so it's like to me I start kind of spiraling and so Jean is really really good at keeping that under control and like fixing it or finding or ex- making a game plan to get it fixed mm-hmm. I think you learned how to do that <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but it's still very overwhelming to me. Whereas I like to really keep the place like tidy and keep it like the decorations and kind of that sort of thing. I learned a lot also about like mental health because Mm -hmm. you're in this like confined space. So it's kind of always in your face. Like being here, if I'm feeling frustrated or something, I can go do something. You know what I mean? Like I can leave the house and like take a break but in the van you can't really do that so I kind of learned like what I need to do in those situations being like in a small space what steps I need to take to kind of like get it together basically and like regroup that's sweet so you've been kind of like forced to learn how to better regulate your emotions yes for sure yeah both like personally and as a couple, it's taught us a lot about that too, because kind of for the same idea where you can't, we can't just like go take a minute. We're on top of each other. We're in a little over like 50 square feet. And so if we're frustrated or in an argument, 
it you have to face it really fast yeah. and you have to kind of solve really really fast especially because you always kind of have to work as a team in the van just for regular day-to-day things so if there's an issue or a conflict we have kind of completely rebuilt how we tackle them and how we communicate yeah mm-hmm. I think that takes a certain like level of maturity, both like as individuals to be able to approach it that way. And just having like a, I guess a realistic perspective on van life, like knowing like how you were describing earlier, it's not just pulling up into the most beautiful places and taking pictures. Sometimes you're like pulled over and probably really sketchy and weird places too. Lots of Walmarts and like Cracker Barrels and just stuff like that. Like you have to, there can be a long stretch of whatever travel speed you're going at where there is just not any beautiful landscapes. And so we actually have grown to really love sleeping in Walmart Walmart parking lots. Yeah. Everything you need is right inside. (laughs) Yeah. And there is a sense of security because if there's a Walmart, Walmart that allows you, there's usually other... RVs and vans Mm -hmm. so it's like you feel safer at least I do yeah I would agree with that yeah would you guys say that it feels like lonely ever on the road I mean I know you have each other but yeah and like different ways like the first two months we didn't really make any friends so like I was definitely missing that aspect of socializing um and then also for me if like we're around a bunch of people we just met I kind of feel lonely, like, not being around, like, my family or friends who know me and, like, we have things to talk about, I guess. Because I'm more introverted and she's more extroverted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first two months for me was weird because I loved spending so much time with you and just getting kind of the hang of things. But towards the tail end of those first two months, I was really ready to just, no offense, see someone other than Jean, just see somebody else, you know? And so I remember pulling into different places in Colorado and we would like take a walk and like, just be like, we're going to cook dinner. Like if anybody wants to, and like we, there was like barely anyone there and I was just so sad. And that's when we really started using social media as a tool to connect with other people Mm -hmm. and other people that were in our area and getting out of our comfort zones of reaching out to strangers and being like, Hey, do you want to meet up? We're going to be here if we saw someone in our area, Mm -hmm. because then we traveled with a group of people on the caravan for about four months. Then after that with different people coming in and then leaving it and then new people coming in and just introducing us to another person yeah. And we got to a point at the end of that where it was a polar opposite. And I was like, I'm ready to just be with you. Like, yeah. I miss you. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. There's a sense of loneliness. And then there's also a sense where you get really burnt out constantly socializing with people who are strangers. So yeah. it's interesting. I think it helped me learn boundaries with other people, for sure, like. I need to take a break, so I'm going to go somewhere else right now. I don't want to socialize, so I'm going to take a couple hours, and then once I feel better, now I will give, like, exert energy to socialize. That's really smart, (laughs) just knowing that, like, it's okay to be that way, too. Yeah, and that was actually, the people we met, that was a a lot, uh, like, a large narrative of, like, 
a lot of people are like, okay, I need me time now. I'll see you guys tomorrow or I'll see you whenever. But it was definitely comforting that there were other people that were talking about it. What have been some of your favorite like memories or places that you've been so far? This differs for both of us, I think, a little bit. Stanley, Idaho was probably my favorite place in the world because I had no idea. It wasn't on my list of places that I had these huge expectations for. I had never heard of it before. I didn't really know what was in Idaho, honestly. And we pulled into this little mountain town where we actually met up with our first friend from the internet to camp out with. And we ended up staying there for a month all throughout June into the beginning of July. We met all of the friends that we consider like a family now, like our family on the road. And we just got to know the ins and outs of this little small town in the middle of Idaho with the population of 66 throughout about four weeks. Yeah, it was so small, but it gets in the summer it gets a huge amount of van and nomadic people and seasonal workers. So it seems a little bit bigger then, but it's just the most beautiful sawtooth mountain range, amazing lakes and hikes and fish mm-hmm, And we just met so many friends that way. And I just think that's my favorite place ever. I love <laughs> it. Ever. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, that's hard because... Treasure Island in Stanley, Idaho. Yeah. Was really nice. It was like near this like river that was super turquoise and like was in the woods, which I really liked. Um, but Moab. Mm. I love Moab so much. I think it's it's unreal. It's like a different planet scenery wise. Yeah. But experience wise was probably Jackson, Wyoming. Because we had your mom visit. And stay in the van. We hadn't seen her for three months. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was so much fun. And then Mel came. Oh, yeah. Another friend. Yeah, we had a lot of people that we were close to fly in and visit us. And, and hang out. And we went to Montana and stayed at this really nice spot with Mel. Yeah. So probably top three, Moab. Stanley and Jackson. Sweet. Uh, I love Moab too. That was one of the places I stayed in my car at. Uh, oh yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, just the long road of like the uh, along the Colorado River of all the campsites. It's insane. Sounds like I need to visit Idaho though. <laughs> you, do. you do. Stanley, Idaho. It was amazing, and it would be perfect for car camping if you ever do that again. Yeah. Lots of spots to stay. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you kind of used social media as a way to like connect with people and find people to like meet up with on the road. Can you share a little bit more about like how exactly you did that in case someone else is like, oh, how I I wonder how I could like connect with people to meet up with. When we were building up the van, I was looking for people specifically other queer van lifers that we connect with because there wasn't. I wasn't seeing a ton. I saw a few here and there, but the majority of the people, if you look at any of the big reshare pages or anything like that, were solo female van life or heterosexual presenting couples. And so I was really like, okay, I'm going to make 
Gene and Shay to kind of start a new narrative, not a new narrative, but add more people to that space and the community and just show that we're here and like, we want any other people like us. And, um, that's how I started our page and really just started at first sharing our travels. And then there was different, um, accounts like van life pride and diversify van life that mm-hmm. I would reach out to or just tag them and things in hopes to maybe get reposted by them because they highlight, um, like different queer van lifers as well, or queer travelers or anything like that. And eventually we started connecting with people through that and kind of growing our page and stuff like that. And then we would just be able to, our name was put out there more. Like our page grew a little bit. That's how I found you. I found you on diversify van life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was just trying to be a part of some of the reshare pages that made sense for, us to be on to meet the right type of people that we think that we would relate to the most and get along with the most and feel safe around yeah yeah so and then once it kind of started growing we would start meeting up with our first couple of people and once you do that it could be a little awkward to be like hello stranger like I know that we're taught our whole lives like don't meet up with strangers from the (laughs) internet um so once you start, <laughs> yeah, once we started doing it, I was like, that was fine. Like, <laughs> and I would feel more comfortable then reaching out to more and more people. Mm-hmm. And then you see a caravan like we were in. And so people started being like, well, I want to do that. I'm in the area. Can I can meet up and it kind of just snowballs. So I would say my best tip is to look at hashtags or accounts that you relate to and you would want to be a part of and then just reach out to people that are on them. And mm-hmm. the worst that happens is maybe someone doesn't read it or doesn't feel comfortable meeting up, but chances are you'll meet somebody. Chances are they want to hang out because they want friends. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and we met amazing people through that exact thing. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. That is really like a good use of social media. Like I feel like so many people – are feeling like very conflicted about social media like there's the positives and like just the yuckiness about it but that's like a really great use yeah yeah we've definitely loved our it's easy to get wrapped up in it but we've loved our experience of using social media throughout our travels so far it's helped us troubleshoot stuff Mm -hmm. like we'll post something be like this is happening. What does this mean? And we'll just get a bunch of responses of like what it could be. Yeah. It's a definite community we've found, especially through times when like COVID and everything where people couldn't go out and meet people and use spaces and stuff like that. Yeah. Social media kind of became that for a lot of people. And I think that can be, it could be a bad thing if you make it a bad thing or if you allow it to enter your life in a bad way. Yeah. But if you utilize it as a tool, and it can be amazing. So one thing you mentioned was um, like one of the reasons you started your account and started sharing your story was because you um, wanted to just increase like representation of like queer couples who are doing van life or traveling and, and stuff. Um, are there any other like challenges that you have encountered like on the road? Yeah. Um Definitely, like, inclusive spaces of, like, trans and non-binary people. 
in like any establishment, like using the bathroom or taking a shower or just being in public and people like wanting to know your business. Um, but luckily over the past couple months, we've like acquired friends who also have the same experience. Um, so it was nice to like talk to people about that and kind of not feel so alone in that. Um, but that's definitely a struggle on the road, especially going to like Southern states mm -hmm. where like you don't feel too safe. I can imagine like, especially passing through some of those really rural like communities might especially be challenging. Yeah. We worried about it a lot, especially when we were like entering kind of more of the South or places we hadn't really been, or even like really small towns out West and stuff. Like we always feel a lot more comfortable in cities, but we knew that we had just we were built built this van and we wanted to get out of the city. So we weren't going to city hop around and live out of a van. Like we wanted to go to and do the quote unquote, like great American road trip. Yeah. But with that, we have to plan a lot more just around that. And so utilizing just research about how we can find safe spaces and talking to other people online, um, just all those types of things is ways that we were able to try and at least be prepared and know what areas to not really be getting out of our van as much, not really being. Or when to leave. When to leave. Yeah. If you like, feel weird, just. We get out of the van and someone's chatting us up and we're not. Or giving us a look or just any uncomfortableness. We just leave. Um, we, we actually released a whole article through um, a website called Gay Cities. And, yeah, it's all that website. You can type in the name of any town or city in, I, I think, the U.S., but it could be more than that. Um, but at least for us, that's how we used it. And it will tell you any articles, whether it's good or bad, involving the queer community. It will give you the name of LGBTQIA+. Bars and restaurants, gender-neutral bathrooms and shower options, gyms, like beaches, hikes, anything like that. And it sounds weird to say, like, beaches and hikes that are open to anybody, but it's a true it's thing. A thing. You have to plan. So mm -hmm. we did just post a whole article about that and how we use it and kind of our experiences with that, that anybody is free to check out if they would like to. Mm -hmm. I hate that. There is a resource like that, but I'm glad that there is a resource like that. I know that finding a good mental health counselor and one that you actually vibe with can be challenging. There's so many options. The whole search can be kind of overwhelming, and there can be additional challenges with this as a member of the LGBTQ community, especially in the Midwest. So I want to take a moment to tell you about my counseling practice, Hemlock Counseling Services. I offer mental health counseling in the Indianapolis area. As an outdoor-based counselor, many of my clients choose to meet in outdoor settings, such as on a walk or a hike, 
while kayaking or while incorporating rock climbing. But I also offer sessions in office and even virtually for clients all over the state of Indiana. I'm an LGBTQ affirming counselor and meet with clients from diverse backgrounds, including individuals, couples, and families. So if you or someone you love would benefit from counseling, visit my website, hemlockcounselingservices.com for more information. I'm currently running a small business Saturday sale. Anyone who just contacts me from November 24th through November 30th to schedule their first appointment will receive 25% off using the code SWITCHBACK. That's 25% off of all first appointments. But you must contact me by November 30th of 2021. So visit HemlockCounselingServices.com to schedule your appointment soon. Now, back to Jean and Shay. advice that you have for people who might be like really interested in doing van life I would say my advice is to not worry so much about having the most expensive build and having the amenities that you see all the extra amenities that you see on like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or any of the social media platforms even if they seem really cool because you need to make sure that you love life on the road enough first before you first put yourself into any sort of debt or just break your bank at all. Just go out there with the bare necessities that you know you're going to need and try it out because we have met a handful of people who have done it for a month or two months and been like, no way. And now they have to sell all this stuff. And so it is not the easiest thing in the world that's for sure but it is so worth it we love it and it's made us like way stronger people but I would say definitely just try it out first before you think you need to emulate all these people who may not share every single up and down that there really is that comes with it yeah I would say know the ins and outs of your build like Plumbing, woodworking, mm-hmm. electrical, anything like that, because if something happens, you want to be able to troubleshoot it and fix it yourself. Because say you're in, like, outside of Stanley, Idaho, like, and something happens and, no you, service. and you don't have service, it will be great and also have a toolbox. It would be great for you to be able to fix it on your own. So you're not stranded. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite things about your van? Oh my God. That's hard. <laughs> the steering wheel. <laughs> the steering wheel. The dash. Okay. Hear me out. The steering wheel on the dash. I was like, okay. Because it's old. It's a 1984. And the front fender so nothing we did to it (laughs) i just think it's so nice 
Yeah. I'm just picturing I'm just picturing you, Gene, like holding on to the steering wheel. <laughs> the good steering wheel. I love you. <laughs> it was the first thing that they said when we got home too. You love were you were true. driving your own car and was like, This steering wheel's too big. <laughs> it's like, oh. It is. I was like way too big. I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> well mine <laughs> is I think our when our bed is converted into our big L-shaped couch with our table. I love it. My biggest thing in the world and every couch I've ever owned that I was able to pick out is really deep and like super comfy and you can completely put yourself all the way back on it and you have all this room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm never going to have that in this van. And through us and my stepdad helping us build it, we figured if we did an L shape instead of two cushions that met in the middle, we could have a big enough table and a really deep couch. And I love that thing. Anytime Jean gets out for five minutes, they come back and I'm like, I converted it into a couch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Ed. Yeah. <laughs> our mattress is so comfortable. Which is the same as our couch cushions. I feel like that's got to be a must is being able to get the best sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I recommend foam foam mattress topper or mattress whatever that is in your budget and then just cut it with we cut it with a what is what are those things a razor knife a razor knife we just cut it ourselves some people like custom order all these things we're like nope <laughs> yeah but it is Shame great it. Did do it. Did a great and you have a cat right two two okay mm -hmm. I can't believe we haven't mentioned them. I know. <laughs> yeah, we live we live in the van with our two cats, Bean and Sprout, who were full apartment cats in the city for their whole lives. Well, they're like four and three, and um, for two years of their lives, they were just in the apartment, never went outside at all, and they transitioned amazingly. They yeah. love harness trained. Yep, they can go outside. Sprout can free roam outside at camp spots. And when we drive, they just kind of go up into their little loft area and just kind of fall asleep. And they're great. I don't know what we would do without them in the van. We, were, we weren't going to originally bring them. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know how to would adjust. And then we saw different van life, van lifers with cats. And they were doing it, like Quinn. Quinn was one of the profiles you first saw. Yeah, one right? of our really good friends lived with Kat. She wasn't a really good friend. It was just some person I saw on TikTok. And she lived with two cats. And I was like, babe, look, like someone else is doing it in a van. And funny enough, we eventually changed our minds. And now Quinn is one of our really great friends. And all the cats have met. And Yeah, there's a lot of people that travel with cats. Mm-hmm. They do it, no problem. I love that one of their names is Bean. I actually have two bunnies, and one of their names is Bean. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Bring it. oh she's our little angel, but she is a runner. Oh, we yeah. have to be careful with her with she, the van. She can't free roam because she has to be in her harness. We don't know if she'll come back or not. We've never tested it, and I don't think in the van we plan on testing that. Because we don't want to find out if she doesn't come Yeah, in. no way. So, but she's good <laughs> on the harness. I saw someone at the park the other day with a cat on a harness. I feel like that's becoming a lot more common. Yeah. At first, they walk a little weird. 
Yeah, I think that we just kind of trained them in a really short amount of time because we built the van out over a really, really cold Pennsylvania winter. And I wouldn't recommend doing that, no. but we really, with my, when my apartment lease ran up, ran out, it was kind of the only option. So we couldn't be bringing them outside all winter and getting them ready in their harnesses while we were building and preparing what was going to be their new home. So once uh, at the end of March came in April, we had like two, maybe three weeks of good weather. And it's like good weather at certain hours of the day. Yeah. So we would bring them out sometimes when we weren't building and just kind of grow them to get used to it and kind of let them know, like, if you want to go outside, you have to be wearing this thing. Or if you want treats, you have to be wearing this thing. Mm -hmm. And they were, I would say still probably a little bit skeptical, even up into our first week in the van. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of stuck with it. And they started realizing I like this thing. And now we are woken up to them running over to their harnesses in the morning and wanting to go and like, yeah, or if we pick them up, they pick up their harnesses, they run over to us and put their heads, like, they're ready to go in them. It's so amazing. It's definitely a patience thing, and if your cat, if you're trying to do it and your cat seems to hate it, just be patient and stick with it and keep trying. Because I think that cats are smart. They just have to think that it's their decision. Yeah, rein <laughs> reinforcement with treats. <laughs> I feel like I do most like anything for a treat too so yeah <laughs> I have to also think anything's my idea so it's like the same thing <laughs> yeah. um could you tell us a little bit about how you are funding your life on the road yeah um do you want to talk a little bit about in store yeah we were having a little bit of a hard time like thinking about making money on the road is kind of daunting um but then I was going through all the apps. I was doing like, I'll deliver for Grubhub. I'll drive for this. I'll do that. And then um, I was looking up different apps and I realized that I had Instawork. At one point I had in Philadelphia, I had Instawork downloaded. So I re-downloaded it. And then it's a super easy process of signing up. Um, and essentially like you put in your location and you put in your experience of what you can do. And then they just give you a list of gigs. Some gigs you'll have to do, you'll have to take like a little test or like a little, you'll have to watch like a little training video. But you sign up for the gig. They give you the location and time and how much you'll get paid. Um, you show up, you do it. Sometimes uh, different companies will have multiple gigs for you to sign up for. You also have the option of getting paid immediately. Like as soon as you clock out, you get paid or the next day you get paid. So if you're in like a huge, like you need to make money now, it's a great way to do that. And it's fun. You meet really nice people. Everyone I worked with was super nice and helpful. Um, so that's how. We just did that the whole last month on the road in San Francisco. And we pulled into San Francisco on one day and two days later had shifts lined up for yeah. the week. And at the end of that week, our first week in a new city where we knew no one, we were getting a paycheck. And I think that that was just like such a game changer for us because we 
we're getting to the point where a lot of our savings was running out and we were like, what are we going to do here? And, um, it was just a lot. It added a lot of security to our lives. It's just been amazing. And the other way that we, the reason we were looking for something else is because right now I'm trying to kind of get more into social media and content creation for brands. And that is a really great way. And it's so exciting and I absolutely adore doing it, but relying on something that isn't a consistent income every month, one month could be enough to maintain an entire, the entire next month of traveling for us. But then the month after that, you don't know if it's enough. So just always having that backup of Insta work and just these temporary shifts in new cities is making it. So if we want to do this for the next five years, we completely could. Yeah. And if you're someone where, Shay is great at social media, but I'm I'm better at like working with my hands or like on my feet moving around in store is perfect for anyone. It's good for both because like I said, you can pick what you want to do. But if you are the type of person that wants to work outside or work on your feet or work with your hands, like InstaWork has that opportunity. Yeah. And you could plan out a month's month's work. Like, I was able to book a whole entire month of work in, like, two days. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually um, – I heard about InstaWork from you, and I downloaded it and filled out an account just to see what it was like. And, yeah, it was super easy. And, um, yeah, it seemed like it had a lot of um, job opportunities that were related to, like, serving and catering and, like, warehouse opportunities and things like that. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't available in the city I live in. Oh, really? <laughs> um, wow. yeah, not yeah. yet, which actually really surprised me. Um, what city are you in? Indianapolis. Oh, that um, is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I was super surprised. We are like a pretty industrial state and city in general, but um, I feel like it's just a matter of time, though. Like, So I, I chose a different city, and yeah, it, it was – yeah. Yeah, that's um you can find out all of the information of the different cities it's available in if you're traveling and you want to use it as a way to be able to bring in money for that because I know like for us specifically when we go back to the van, we're probably gonna try and get a little bit close to one of the cities where if we need to we can pop on over and pick up some shifts in it. Right. And it just gives us more of security that way. Yeah. And then, um, but you also have some other just exciting things that you're working on. So like you've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, we kind of stopped posting on that a little bit right now because the content creation that I was doing and kind of relying on through like creativity and sharing our travels and our experiences with TikTok and Instagram and then filming weekly YouTube videos was a little bit overwhelming yeah it's a lot yeah it's definitely a lot of work and I give every single person who does that every single week so much credit like we would pull up to this amazing spot and we felt like we had to immediately get up get out set up a tripod and like film whatever Mm -hmm. we were doing and we were kind of missing out on like the actual experience of seeing things you know Mm -hmm. so we took a step back for a little bit, but Gosh, I really commend you all for recognizing that and like being aware of it and then 
like making that conscious decision to do that. Cause yeah, I can imagine that that's a challenge for anyone who's in this kind of digital content creator influencer type of role. Like how do you decide when to shut off the cameras and um, just live your life, even if that would have been like a perfect thing to share. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot when people are just getting started and trying to kind of find maybe the avenue that they like the most or that makes the most sense with them, they kind of spread, thinking about me, (laughs) spread themselves extremely thin and try and be really great at all of them. And then you're like, you see which ones you kind of like more and which ones are really more maintainable for you as far as time and I can make this kind of content so great if I just stop worrying about these other things and then they all are kind of not my best. And um, I, our YouTube is still available for if anyone wants our whole build is on there from week one to week, I don't even know. It was like week 20. Yeah, like every single week where we tackled something new um, and our first two months of travel are on there. And then I just had a conversation with Jean one day and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore for right now. I really want to focus more on experiencing things with you. And it's much easier to do that if I'm just taking a quick video or quick shots here and there of different places or of us rather than filming a vlog Mm -hmm. weekly. Yeah. We started doing the little like drum cover things, like little story things um and we I think we do really great at it and we definitely want to keep doing that Mm -hmm. like when we get together and create stuff it's amazing it's so much fun too the relationship is pretty like public but I'm sure you also keep a lot of it private what is that experience like what would you say I don't think I don't really think about it it's like it comes pretty natural. I mean, we've never had to, to have a conversation to be like, well, we need to keep this private and mm-hmm. this we can put out publicly. I think you do a great job of like knowing what I think is appropriate to publicize and what isn't. Yeah. It, it's, it was never really a conversation we had to have. I think too, with being like a queer couple too, I want to just seem so much like I want to seem approachable for people and I want them to see different aspects of our relationship and it not be so much of, I'm not trying to make our lives look perfect and be like a perfect travel couple that's always in beautiful places. I want it to be more about Jean and I and what we're, we happen to be doing Mm -hmm. to show people rather than look at this really cool thing I'm doing and hear are we posing in front of it? You know, I wanted it to be a little bit more personal than that. And so we share like the days where I'm like, we don't know where to go after a fight. Like I will, you know, I post that, but I think that's part of it. And that's part of the thing that I like so much because the messages that we get in this community that I've talked about now that we've been able to grow through our social media is because I think that the different, the different people that have kind of joined our little circle of the internet throughout the way have gotten to know us. And I Mm -hmm. truly feel like I know them, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything we've posted, like us laughing or like 
smiling or whatever. It's not fake. That's what is actually happening. Because I'm usually saying something stupid while I have a timer going. <laughs> yeah, we're usually making fun of each other. <laughs> oh, that's just cool to hear because I think it's so easy to just look at people's accounts and follow these really cool things that they're doing and you kind of forget that there are real humans like right there behind even if it's like sharing like gross things like where our toilet is like we don't like we're not sharing everything but no we talk about it (laughs) well when we had our first phone call uh, you were like waiting for your laundry to be done it just like a random laundry mat and oh yeah yeah there's so many days where it's just like so boring and i'm posting it all in our stories and i'm just like do the people that are following us like who is watching this i know but it's like useful because i want everyone to see like this is what some you need to do that or else you're driving around with a pile of dirty laundry especially with two people it's ridiculous and it ends up being that i can't even sit in the front of the van i have to sit in the back because all of our laundry's up there so yeah like the boring mundane things and i just kind of share it all and people seem to like it I guess yeah they really do (laughs) I think you guys are so cool and and very relatable and approachable like I from the moment we first talked on the phone I just kind of felt like I've like Mm -hmm. maybe met you before or something yeah really comfy with both of you (laughs) because we want that in other people when we talk to other people Mm -hmm. so yeah so if people wanted to follow you um see what you're doing or get connected with you um where can they do that so you can find us on gene and shay basically everywhere on instagram and tiktok and also we have a pinterest board where we kind of post a lot of different little tips and different hacks and stuff like that about living in a van or traveling with cats or good places to see um and then our youtube channel is steering queer and we have not been consistently uploading on there anymore, but if you're interested in a lot of our van build, you can find all of that there. And definitely just send us a DM. I'm, we'll make sure we answer it. Yeah, and if you ever pass through uh, Indiana, I want to yes. be the first to know. 100%. Yes. We'll be Absolutely there soon, I promise. Yes. <laughs> cool. have it friends. I hope this episode was an encouragement to you. Jean and Shay are such a great resource for not only van life tips, but also for LGBTQ plus individuals who are navigating travel. I'll link all of their resources, including their Instawork link in the show notes. So be sure to check out all they have to offer. Lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and share this episode with someone in your life who might be encouraged. You can also submit questions or topics and guest ideas for the show over at switchbackpod.com or get connected with me on Instagram at switchbackcommunitypod. Until next time, I'll catch you on the switchbacks. Special thanks to Sarah Wells of Swell Design for album artwork.